0: Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. I am super excited for you guys to get to know and hear the stories of my next cool guest, casting director, Erica Arvold. Now, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is the owner and CEO of Arvold Casting, has spent 30 years as a casting director, educator, speaker, producer, writer, director, and an advocate for screen artists. Erica has contributed and participated in, or helmed, the making of over 140 films, 85 television shows, and countless other multimedia and commercial projects. Some of her credits include ABC, AMC, Amazon, Apple TV, Blumhouse, CBS, Disney, DreamWorks, Focus, uh, Fox, Hallmark, HBO. Oh my goodness, like the list goes on and on of all these shows, which we're going to get into talking about. And right now, let's pop on and let's meet
1: Erica. Here
0: we go, guys. Hi,
1: Erica. Hi. I it's always so weird to hear an intro. It's just weird. It doesn't even feel like me, to be honest. I'm like, who is that person you're talking about?
0: <laughs> well, that's why you're here. Because you know what? Who is that person? Who is Erica? I want to get to know you. People want to get to know you. Artists who are listening want to get to know you. because you know, like I always say, if you get a connection with who you're reading for and what their thing, what their personalities are all about, it's just going to make you feel more connected when you actually have an audition. Like you feel like you're, that we've met you before. So it's so important. So hi, it's my first time.
1: And well, I think you're right. Well, you know, you just made an aha moment for me because, you know, in the casting department, a lot of times, especially the pandemic, we came up with this idea that we wanted a less than 30 second story with pretty much every single audition. And some actors are like, why am I giving you a story? And it, we explained it a lot at first. Maybe it's worth re-explaining now because we've yeah, yeah, kept it because it's so unbelievably helpful. It makes us feel like we're in the room with somebody. Mm-hmm. It literally is a glimpse. I have watched people throughout building a house by themselves and they do a story and an update. I have watched people um you know, adopt new pets. I have watched, like, I mean, there, I mean, the stories that I see and the transformations and the things that people do and are interested in, it's just one of the most incredible things I honestly think it wouldn't have even happened if it were live in the room. Like, were yes. you, the people are taking advantage in such a beautiful, artistic, creative way of this technology that, um, that yes, and we made a story back last year after we cast Dope 6. with so many stories we made a story back to all the actors and as a casting office and like told them a whole story and gave it to them as a gift oh you did yeah and I was like it's not fair to only be one-sided so anyway I agree with you that's my whole my whole story to say and I, and I I
0: think and I think that you want to get to know like we want to hear about you so we get to know you but you want to know about the actors and their little story because you want to find the humanity not just the lines on the page just in case it didn't hit something that maybe their personality reveals
1: It gets revealed in their story. Well, I can tell you on some shows, the showrunner or the director on a movie or whatnot, literally rely on those stories before they hire someone. It's incredible. Some people don't want to see them and they want, don't want to be influenced because they'll feel guilty. Now that's an interesting thing too, because there are creatives. I mean, everybody at every level on the spectrum of film and television making has is human, obviously, right? Right. But everybody at every level that I've ever known wants to be fair, hire the best person for the job. And sometimes if there's a story about someone connecting with material because their grandmother is like this, this, and this, this, blah, 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 then sometimes they feel like they're unable to look away from that and want to have a le- you like like it, it's really funny and there's very few creatives that have been that way but some of them are like I can't be swayed besides the audition I need to only hire them because I know what an empath I am yeah. that 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 they're like you know even a studio exec is like I know what empath I am I can't have that just send me this or whatever and it's really it's really interesting maybe I see so many stories and I am absolutely an empath but <laughs> I see so many that I am able to Maybe juggle it a little you're
0: more. Basically, you're basically saying for some producers, those stories, oh my God, but for you, every time. But do you think yeah. those stories, because for you, every time it helps connect you to the soulfulness of that person? Does that oh, help? Absolutely. You? Does that help you when you're kind of swaying the producers? Like maybe take a look at that person. So that just does that help push it
1: along? um It's not actually funnily enough it's not the content of the story because when we started doing them people are like oh wait i i need to show you my office in my closet i i was just talking i was just standing and being boring and it's not about the content and it's not even about what you're showing me or how you're sounding it's about the willingness to to be vulnerable and confident Mm. that's the difference when it's a story it's so apparent if someone's telling you a story because they want to tell you what you want to hear and Mm. try to get the job Mm. which of course is the opposite of magnetic and then (laughs) um and then there's the then there are the stories where it's like here's me right now this is it I'm in my you know third bedroom up in our townhouse and uh my kid just went to college and uh, and that's my story today. That's all I can think of, but I'm so happy to be here. Boom. Yeah. You know? that's, and it's like, I'm like, oh. Because yeah, it's real. It's, like,
0: it's just, it's yeah. simple. It's real. It's organic. I remember it back in the old days when I was an actor, I would always, and this is, you were going in the room, but whenever I like mm-hmm. came back to town, I was on a cool vacation or I had something cool happen. I would always tell that story. And I know. That's what grounded me and intrigued them to me and helped, you know, close the deal. Not that I'm an actor anymore, but in the old yeah. days when I was. But, okay, I want to hear all about your life. And that's really interesting. And I hope actors that are listening are going to take that into consideration. Because before we move on, that, that little bit of story is really the little bit of your vulnerability. Just a, yeah. just a moment, a, splice, a slice of you, which obviously, though, you hope that the actors put into their scenes because you can't do the season.
1: absolutely Well, and it's interesting because some very, um, if someone's in their script analysis really finely, their story, and there's a thread between their audition and their story in mm-hmm. some way, shape or form, even if it's just in their in-character thinking.
0: Mm-hmm. Again,
1: the content doesn't matter, but their in-character thinking might be aligned with that character that they just auditioned for even though they're talking about whitewater rafting and the story is literally, I don't know, about sitting in an office, pushing paper, yeah. like you'd think it's different, but there's something in yeah. their in-character thinking that's still aligned, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Were you an actor first?
1: No, no, but I went to Goodman School of Drama. I went to DePaul University's theater school and, um, I either thought you could be an actor or a director. And so I went thinking I would under- say, so I grew up without a TV. I grew <gasps> Wait, up in Blacksburg, what? Virginia. Wow.
0: And- um, Wait, can we hear about that story? No TV? Yeah.
1: Mm-mm. No. Oh, I was from hippie, had to hippie, like hippie parents and wow. now I had a horse and I did like Amazing. other stuff. Like, like real stuff. things, like
0: outdoors. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and we, I mean, this is back in the 70s and you know, we we had a um my dad had a black and white TV from when he was in college and I finally got it out of the attic and set it up and, and I was so obsessed with it. Like I was tiny, right? I was obsessed with it. It was in my like my tween years. And um I'll never forget they were like, okay, we you can watch it, but a maximum of 30 minutes a day. So I we had two channels. And I was allowed to watch half an hour. So I had to pick the beginning half hour or the second half hour of Little House on the Prairie because that's oh. pretty much the only show. And I
0: think picked- what were the shows then? I don't even know. I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I don't know because I hardly watch TV, <laughs> but anyway, it was really, um, it was really interesting. And honestly, the way that happened is we did have a TV when I was really small and we were in Chicago at that time when I was very small and um I got in a bike accident, was home for two weeks and I watched um, Sesame Street and I began to speak Spanish. And my mother, who's an educator said, okay, if you're absorbing that, that's great but I don't know what else you're absorbing. That's not great. And we are no longer having TV in the house and you are gonna, you are gonna do education without a TV. And that's why that, that's why that decision was made
0: fascinating but also fascinating that you learned Spanish so quickly that to me
1: yeah I absorb well then I'm obsessed with you then I'm obsessed with the screen I mean maybe that's why I'm in this (laughs) business
0: yes well you know what I have to say I'm obsessed whatever we do in our lives we're obsessed about and that's what makes you so good at what you do you're obsessed about it and obsession can be a negative and a positive but for for the job that you love that is a positive
1: for sure. Oh, it's great. Well, it's funny because when I, because, you know, I cast in Los Angeles for a decade and when I was in, L- oh no, before I was in LA, I was in Chicago. When I was casting in Chicago, I met one other director. It was when we were doing this series called The Untouchables and he also didn't have a TV growing up. And he's like, "You, we have the best perspective. We don't have baggage of people that were on TV. Like I remember when Nickelodeon came out, I was a nanny at the time <laughs> In Chicago working my way while doing you know theater and all that stuff and um working in casting like I started casting my junior year of college to cut that short like I started as an intern and I just got set up so I was I was a baby and knew exactly what I wanted to do from when I was eight years old I directed my first play when I was eight so oh, I've always been that. this yes. way right and um but that director was like, you don't see the baggage of actors or anything. And sure enough, when I moved to LA, there were some movies that I cast and we had some television actors. And at the time, this is in the nineties, at the time, these television actors were not getting arrested to be in films because there was such a separation. Like now television's all great and limited series and movie actors and it's all this integration back then you remember sherry oh, I do remember. and like also, if you were yeah if you were a casting director you either worked on film or in television like you didn't do 100 so percent. i combined i combined so i didn't have the baggage of television so oh, i'm like how about this person for the feature yeah.
0: anyway that's so good <laughs> but i think in the 90s as i do recall and some shows now actually the television mm-hmm. acting can be so um because the writing is just so much more linear than in the richness and film so the acting can be a little bit forced which hopefully it's not like on Netflix and all those other shows, but network television. So I can see where that device would be. But mm-hmm. I think it's incredible that you weren't grown up with, growing up with TV because then your imagination is so much more vivid. Your life experiences are so much fuller. And that's what mm-hmm. you need as an artist for you, even as a casting director, because you're reading something. So you have to have an imagination about it, right? Yeah,
1: for so- sure. I guess I never even thought of it that way, but yeah, I... But I'm a visual thinker as I think so many of us are in this, in this industry. And so everything's pictures to me, but I forgot. That's actually really interesting because I've grow- I feel like I grew up watching movies and television, but it was just life, <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean?
0: <laughs> Which is so important because that's why life and experiences for artists is what fuels you to dip in to combine yourself with the imagination of the world that you're reading in. But now let's talk about can we talk about Dope Sick first?
1: Oh, yeah, we can talk about Dope Sick.
0: First of all, I just, I just
1: finished. finished it. I just yeah. finished watching it. I mean, amazing,
0: amazing casting, whew. amazing actors all the way Thank down you. the line. Incredible. And why do I bring it up? Because I used to coach Danny Strong, who created that show, and I love Danny so much. And we're still so close. Like, I don't really talk to him that much, but he's an amazing person. He was an actor yes. first. And I was coaching him way back on like when I first started coaching on Buffy okay like the yeah. last episode or whatever <laughs> and um and then I didn't talk to Danny for years and I turned on the golden globes and there he is getting a golden globe for oh gosh what is the movie with Sarah Palin game,
1: cha- game uh, change
0: yes mm-hmm. and I was like what is happening and then we reunited and he is a brilliant human being incredible writer Everything oh, an he does an incredible
1: he's writer. He's incredible. It's, it, he, he, yeah. It's, it's, it's almost, I mean, he's a wonderful actor. He's a wonderful human. I agree. He's such an advocate for actors. I mean, yes. it's such a pleasure working with a showrunner who loves actors so much. You know what I mean? Like he just adores casting and the whole process and is so kind to everybody. And, you know, even going through the credits, it was such a conversation. He's like, oh no, so-and-so and and they should go here and they should like, it's just like, and he's so involved and so respectful, always respectful of like, what someone brought on set, what's going to stay, you know, I can only imagine I wasn't in the cutting room, but I can only imagine how attentive he is to, to, yeah. to every nuance in the cutting Well,
0: so obviously your experience on Dope Sick was amazing. So you were doing the local casting or tell us about your experience. Yeah, I did the
1: location casting. So um, Avi Kaufman did the um, lead casting and then we did the location casting and it was a very, very big show. There's eight episodes, as you know, and I think our count before any roles were cut or recast or whatever Was that we hired two hundred and twenty (gasps) nine actors for location casting? Literally,
0: I mean that is it's it's
1: phenomenally unbelievable that it's that many. I mean it's that normal is like ten per episode, so it's like eighty right? Like 229. Yeah, it's a big so. show, but
0: what does it mean, location? Does that mean the co-stars? Does that, what does that mean exactly? to people that are listening? Well,
1: it depends on, um, it depends on the show, and it depends on the location. So, you know, we cast, we were filming in Richmond, Virginia, Mm -hmm. And we cast people from all over the Southeast. Of course, we love the Richmond, Virginia pool and local actors and whatnot, but with 229 roles, you're gonna have to go outside. So we did bring, and also during COVID, Mm -hmm. on this show in particular, there were very specific (laughs) testing sites that um, were available and one was in Atlanta. So we were very much Mm -hmm. um, able to pull from the Atlanta pool of actors as well. And they're, you know, within a certain distance for SAG rules and all this stuff. So, so it was great, but we really covered, um, you know, when production, I'm very proud of this, um, but when production realizes that the location casting director is bringing in actors that are of an equal par to actors from New York and Los Angeles for larger roles, they start giving you more roles. So we had, I mean, so many gifts, we called them gifts. All of a sudden it was, oh, we thought that this was gonna come from LA or New York, but maybe you could also look Mm -hmm. and we're like, okay. And then, you know, and that happened again and again. So that's part of the reason the numbers went so high, but I was always, excited about that, honestly, because it gives yeah. a Southeastern actor a real shot at, oh my God. These, I mean, some of these roles were, I mean, there are so many people that are across the screen that are on multiple episodes to, that are all Southeast actors. Like it's well, really exciting. Yeah.
0: And there shouldn't be a difference, in the, a difference in the quality because if you're training, you're an actor, you know what I mean? It's right. where you live, but I think you did an amazing job. And I think every single person, thank you. Although I do say it's a study for all actors to watch Michael Keaton in this, in his role. Oh, oh my, oh, god! it's session.
1: incredible. It's yeah. incredible.
0: And to watch him go from being a the healthy doctor to the demise of his addiction, to getting clean and sober, to helping others. He has such an incredible arc. And the way that he takes these nuances that I always tell actors, pause your TV, write it down, see what he's doing, learn from that so you don't go line to line and make the most boring choice. You know, so what I want to ask you is this: so you put out a breakdown, okay, for the local. So how does it work? So a million tapes come in from all over. Do you watch every tape? Is there something about actors' tapes that resonate more than others? Give us some juicy uh, information.
1: Yeah, I here's here's my analogy. You're not going to like my answer, but I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> I don't think actors have any business knowing that stuff. And the reason I don't think actors should have any business knowing that stuff is it's like um, a bias towards the work. So I'm going to give you a parallel, and it's going to seem like I'm digressing, but I'm, no. it really hits home. So when I was casting The Good Lord Bird, we had someone come in for a harassment meeting, as in anti harassment, not teaching us how to harass, which is a normal part of production, right? Okay. And this guy was so amazing, and he told a story about um, unconscious bias. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you're driving a car behind a car in front of you, and that car in front of you as you're driving is going incredibly slow or driving badly, if you have an unconscious bias, you might, as a human being, make an assumption on what that person driving the car in front of you looks like. Some people may not have any unconscious bias about that, but some people might, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it could be anything. Like it doesn't have to just be one, one type of person or a a specific gender or anything, but, but people might, might think, oh, Erica, she's blonde. She is a woman and she's driving badly. That could be an unconscious bias. So regardless of that, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what's so interesting is if you are aware of your unconscious bias and you go around that car and you look to the side If it is blonde haired, ditzy driver, and that's what your unconscious bias was, or now conscious, your brain goes, yes, I was right. And it confirms and reaffirms that bias. Okay. Here's the interesting part. If you look and that is not a blonde, ditzy person driving and your brain is wrong. Do you know what your brain does? Mm -mm. Throws out the information it does not change its mind. It doesn't even start to change its mind. It throws it out and says, oh, there's something wrong with this. Nope. You still have to keep your unconscious bias. So do you know the best thing to do to combat unconscious bias is to look straight ahead, pass and never, ever look at the car next to you. Yeah. You just go, okay, I think I have an unconscious bias, but guess what? I'm going to ignore it. I know it's there. I'm not going to feed it in any way whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And that's how you start chipping away at the unconscious bias. So to me, the whole parallel of this cuckoo story is- I love it. It's fascinating. Actors, well, actors concentrating on their work, on Mm -hmm. their joy in Mm -hmm. their work, on the character development, on the elevating the creative- vision of everybody, of being a collaborator with with casting directors, be a collaborator with the show, knowing that when you audition, you are collaborating with the show because no one's gonna get cast unless there are auditions. So you are a part of the show. Even if you never get hired, you have contributed to that show. So to me, that mindset is so healthy and that's looking straight, but it's looking to the side when someone's like, "Oh, I get five hundred tapes and I watch two of them," or whatever the statistics are, I feel like that's all getting in way, in the way of the work, mm-hmm. and I know it's a little Mary Poppins because there are some like know, business aspects to know, but i re- I really think it's about the work and the joy of the work and the artistry and feeding your soul so much and everyone else's soul so much more important than those those statistics
0: uh, I absolutely. Love what you said because it really, it actually gets the actor back down to doing the process. And at the end of the day, that's what it is. It really doesn't matter. (laughs) I had to Mm -hmm. ask the question in case you had some information to give, but you know what?
1: Oh no, and I don't mind being asked the question because it gives me a really good soapbox to (laughs) tell
0: you the story. It really makes me like you a lot. It really makes me go, "Wow!" If I was an actor and now I heard this information, you know what I would do? I would do what my guts tell me to do for that scene. I give it my my gut say to do for the beginning, middle and end of that and F it, send it in and joyfully send it in and like feel like I've resonated what I've chosen to do for the story and then let it go. Yes,
1: exactly. And I always say, to my classes and stuff, because, you know, I have this whole, an education studio called Arbor Warner Studio that we started 10 years ago, but it's like I, going bonkers. Oh, it's yeah. great. We have a whole membership. We have, it's, it's a mindfulness and accountability incubator for screen artists. That's the membership. You, Sherry, I'm going to invite you to be a member. You're going to eat it up. It's so great. Wait, okay, wait. separate from that. Tell, tell me what that is okay. after you finish this. Okay. I had no but, idea. That, but the I always say actors are hired for their creative instinct. Yeah, that's why they're hired. They're how what their, what those instincts are in the situation, and 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 never hired because they're one of five or whatever. Like it's so separate. It's so separate than that stuff. But I love what you said too about it because that that's just it made me think about creative instinct.
0: Yeah. So tell me what what did you just say? What do you have? What is this
1: community? Oh, creative? so yeah, so. Um, I had COVID really bad in, uh, March 1st, 2020. And so I nearly oh. died. I'm back. I'm alive.
0: You're, you're just throwing and, out all these traumatic things that like, you're, you're just glazing over. Oh, you almost fly. Were you on a um,
1: ventilator? I was not, I was before they knew what COVID was. I was an early, early, early case. And I stayed oh. at home and I would not have lived if I weren't at home. I'm positive.
0: So positive. It was a, if you were on the ventilator,
1: you would not be here. Cause that's I know really I, I, well, here's the thing. Oh my gosh. Actor breathing exercises. Literally. I was using every actor breathing exercise. I felt like I had one of those cocktail straws in my mouth and that's the most air I could possibly get in or out for. I don't know, a week, maybe, maybe a few days than that. But my husband, I mean, we were, we were all sick in the house and everyone stayed at different floors and whatever, but my sister's a doctor, thankfully. So, um, you know, whatever, whatever, there's so many things that go into this, but my husband for two nights came into my room, I think every half hour to see if he needed to call 911 if I had stopped breathing. Oh my goodness. But I was in a relaxed state. I'm very into meditation and all this mindfulness stuff. And I was so relaxed. I was breathing in, but I couldn't lift a finger, nothing. I couldn't move anything. I couldn't open or close my eyes because every bit of concentration was getting air in and air out. And then my body somehow got past it. Wow. so, but when my body got past it, I did have some residual stuff, which took many months, but I was, I was okay. I was able to function. And I was like, what's going to happen? We're certainly not casting the movie businesses, you know, like everybody else. Right. And so I started this membership because I needed it. Yeah. Sherry, I needed to connect with yes. other artists, other screen artists. Yeah. And I wanted to just um, create A space for community to develop as it might organically develop, putting out some, you know, kind of pillars of ideas of what I wanted it to be about. And I thought I was building a small little cabin of a space that people would hang out. And then, of course, just if you know me, I'm six foot one. I take a lot of you space. Are? I build, yeah. I, I build love big you. Things. I love that
0: you're <laughs> six foot one, as I can't tell. I'm five foot seven. I'm a shorty next yeah. to you, but oh my God. Wait, wait, wait. I just yeah, hearing yeah. the story. Holy crap. Because like that was a game changer. You all getting that that almost had to happen for you to parlay. Right. To get life-changing experience, which I tell all actors to put in their material. What is that life-changing moment that has led you to where you are today? So it's filled with all that life-changing experience. So you started, just say the name of it. What is it called again?
1: So Arvold Warner Studio, and it's my partner, Richard Warner, um, and myself, we've taught classes for years and years he developed the graduate acting program at university of virginia he studied with michael howard back in the day he was a new york actor so anyway he's very much went into academia for a long time now he's retired but he is arvold warner studio with me but we now have a whole team of teachers and and I have to go do my, I'm directing movies now. So I just go and direct and it's great because then that that lives on its own. And when I cast that kind of lives on its own and I oversee it. Tell us what
0: it is. So you have, you can- Okay, so
1: Marvel Warner Studio, there's, there's classes and then there's a membership. And the membership is a mindset and accountability incubator. Okay. Meaning there are all sorts of things within the membership it's all virtual. We have one physical location in Atlanta that with we're very strict on the COVID rules for obvious reasons, obvious. <laughs> you have to be vaccinated, you have to wear a mask, you have to do this, that, and the other, and, um, and, uh, it's about there's like magnetic mornings every morning from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. that Lauren Guglioli hosts. And you just you you were just start your day off right. I don't join those because I sleep. Yes. But some people love those mornings. There is we and just got can, through. Like,
0: what what is in those mornings? Breathing, meditation.
1: Yeah, and co-working. Oh, okay. And we also have something literally called creative cafe it's co-working we have co-working hours too but creative cafe is my my um um ted chapman will put a prompt in and people for creative cafe just start writing based on the prompt and so you spend two hours just side by side but you write and you might check in office hours same thing you check in so we're providing space to for people to get stuff done a lot of people will might learn their lines or maybe they'll update their actor's access profile or what like they say what they're going to do at the beginning and and, and the members are like we get more done because we we're not in a silo trying to figure out when to manage at least we're just in a group and we're holding parallel yourself work
0: and you're holding accountable accountable exactly of
1: so that so there's office hours creative cafe and magma magmorn magnetic mornings they're very similar those are all holding space to do work in kind of each of those things. Then- I'm um, sorry, this is all virtual or you are in- It's all virtual right now. We have the studio, but we haven't implemented those things in the studio yet just because of COVID so far. And um, what other things do we have? We have, oh, oh, we just finished where we're on the 11th week, The Artist's Way. Have an Artist's Way group going through the book. And it's one week each, and it's like a book club, and we're going through it. It's so fun. But we're gonna do in twenty twenty two. I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet, but I'll tell you. The um, we're gonna do it. It's called we're gonna call it the artist life instead of the artist way. And we're gonna do the artist way, like she recommends. She, you know, she's like, here, do it with people, whatever. But we'll do it once a month,
0: yeah. so it's a
1: whole year long. Because once right. a week is intense, man. I had to drop out. I couldn't. I couldn't finish. It. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's amazing. It's such a give back, Erica. It's yeah. just such a give back. And 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 that's what really it all is, you know. It really is the give back. The casting directors give to the actors give to the casting. It's all unity, you know, it all becomes one. And I feel like, I feel like because of COVID, it's more so. And and I think along the years, it, there's been such a separation. Oh my gosh, it's the director. Oh my gosh, it's the casting director. I'm just the actor. There's a separate. But I think, or do you, and do you feel like there's sort of like the oh, surrender, like we're all freaking human and then we, it's all about that communication and the collaboration.
1: A million percent. Mm-hmm. I agree, a million billion percent. Because the, I mean, the thing I have found is that mul- if once you're an artist, even if it's not a screen artist once you would just call yourself an artist you are probably a screen artist plus something like i'm a painter i've painted like sylvester stallone is a painter right it was painter writer actor right. and i think the world of multi-hyphenates as you know in order to you know even be considered by one of the big agencies or william morris a long time ago was like we're we're not taking actors only we're taking multi-hyphenates only so it's like that the you have to do many things and I think that's what's fun and I mean we have these guidelines for membership kind of like we don't say check your ego at the door but we're like this is not net like people we have lots of very experienced people of very different things that they do it is yes. mainly actors but there are yeah. directors and writers and people very well known in there as well and um it's nice because no one is taking advantage of anyone or or approaching anyone in a way, just artist to artist. Mm. Just that's it, I take the classes. Mm. Like our teachers, we coach with each other all the time. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're like really, um, it's just, a, it's great. And we love integrating with other communities. I think I've always been, like when we opened our studio in Atlanta quite a while ago now, mm. I'm like collaboration over competition. Oh, and a 1,000%. Like, yeah. There's always enough to go around and there's always something that can be gleaned from some, some other experience, you oh, know,
0: my God. And if you get into the competition, you can only be in competition with yourself. Cause if you don't, yes. do well, and you, you have to do a self-check on what's in your way, that's great. And being competitive is wonderful, but I agree with you in the form that when you say competitive with other people, you know what that does despair and compare. And if you fall yes. into despair and compare, you are just hurting yourself it doesn't open you it doesn't make you feel relaxed it doesn't bring out your vulnerability and you're right in the joyfulness acting should be joyfulness even yeah. if you're getting beat up in the scene there's a real emotional scene there's joy it's a gift it's just a yeah. gift
1: i mean how lucky we are to make a living doing what we're doing or yeah. even attempting to make a living doing what we're doing like it's it, it's a privilege yeah
0: and it's a big commitment I my heart goes out actors I was an actor for many years and I'm on the other side of it and there's a lot more power on the other side of it but my heart I feel every person I'm a skinny person because every person I coach I like burn 1000 calories so I'm in that world you know what I mean (laughs) I can eat anything in the world because I coach actors you know and even in classes so um but it is but you (laughs) I'm sure you as a cast director and as Mm a director which I want to hear about yeah you know, when someone is into the process
1: versus oh, totally.
0: someone who's trying to please and do it right. Because there is no right. It's all subjective. The other day- Ditto,
1: ditto, ditto, ditto. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: other day this actor came in and we were coaching on something. And she was like, God, I wish I had you for this other audition. And I looked at her audition. And I was like, "Yeah, I don't know if you're going to get a callback because you were chomping your gum so much. And I'm not really sure that could be, you know, whatever guess what? She freaking got a call back on that tape. And I go, you see, I know nothing. It's all subjective. Everyone's opinion. It doesn't just do what your gut tells you to do.
1: Yeah. And things are changing. People get really tired of the same background, the same framing, Mm -hmm. you know, and there is an interesting thing happening. And I wonder what your feeling is, um, especially as a coach, Sherry, about this, because I just have this suspicious feeling and I'm making this up. I, I don't know. I've only seen one audition that has happened like this. And I'm like, Ooh, and, and I just made me so excited. I think we are having to break out of our boxes. Like we're really, we're head and shoulder acting. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, um a very advanced class I'm teaching right now called guest star series regular. So it's to up people who want to be series regulars that are constantly guest stars. And they want to break through that glass ceiling of being a series regular. And it's, amazing even in that class at that level of actor when you ask to walk away from the camera and incorporate things it's like oh it's a whole body experience and it's not just head and shoulders and I'm making it much simpler than it is but self-taping is I think making it a habit habitual consciousness to be right here. Do you know yeah. what I mean?
0: I, I kind of do because I have some people, my more advanced actors don't think about it that way, but some other people yeah. more beginning classes that in my main studio when we do the material, they they mm. don't resonate and fill the room. But when they come into my taping room and we tape their scenes that you worked on, then all of a sudden they're able to because it's just right here, you know, mm. up here. And no, you want so much more. And I am so glad to hear you say that it's just that box. I I'm a big teacher of behavioral, you know what I mean? And yes. I need to have that three-dimension. I need the behavioral, I need the environmental, I need the emotional life of that character. I'm sure you agree too. But I just had a client who booked uh, a show, a big sh- a big spot, and I said, you know what? Let's not do the tape like we usually do it. And she, I was doing it over Zoom. I was like, get on your bed and put your feet up, you know, with your jeans on and your, you know, your Doc Martins and swing your legs yeah. and let's sit in it. And you know what? I think that inspired them to watch the whole tape and close the deal. I, like well, I had somebody, I'm just
1: going to do that. I had someone the other day and they were, they had to say something and then they had to go back and they had to sit down and they just went out of frame like that. It was really simple, but they were talking to someone over there and they got really, really excited to talk yeah. to them then they came back. And that in itself, I'm like, we're going to break out of the box. People. I can see it coming. I yeah. think it's going to come. And, 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 and it, I always tell people, I'm like, the only difference between self-taping and on camera that is so profound that I think actors must understand is that in a self-tape, you as a human have to adjust for the camera. And on set, the camera adjusts for you. Mm -hmm. So you just remember the back. It's just backwards. That's all. You just have to put yourself in front of the camera rather than let the camera find you.
0: Yeah. Know where your frame is, but you can go in and out of the frame. All my series, I'm going to tell you this right now every single solitary one of them, they didn't care if the camera missed them for a second, if they bent down and had to get something. They're like, okay, well, my head's cut off a little bit. I don't really care. I'm telling you the story. So just let's just, whatever happens, happens.
1: Exactly. And And, but that comes with experience and confidence, right? Because you know, and you can feel it and you can hear it. I gave someone the direction the other day I was doing a Zoom thing and I said, start your lines off camera and then enter. And they were like, what? Talk off camera? I'm like, yes, talk off camera, it's okay, you know? But but I think there is something, and, and it can't be a gimmick though, that's the thing. You have to be experienced enough as an actor to be in in obviously everything you're talking about, you know, so that you can then just use that frame to your advantage as opposed to being stuck in it, you know?
0: A thousand percent. So what are some just little three Mm -hmm. things of inspiration you want to reach out and tell actors to hold on to, to drive their, just to keep pushing because there can be a lot of, you know, a lot of negative and a lot of highs, you know, it is an addiction, your drug of choice is acting. So, you know, you're going to have highs and lows (laughs) in it. Right. So what (laughs) something three things that you can speak to the artists out here listening to help boost their.
1: Yeah, I, um, I think where you are is okay, Mm. accepting that where you are in your career and what you're doing in that careers, it's not a, it's not an even path Mm -hmm. up the rung. It's just not. It's sideways and backwards and ups and downs and whatnot, but really knowing that you are where you are and that's okay mm. on whatever. Go- and you can have the biggest dreams. I love people with huge, massive, amazing dreams. And, and that's great. But there's also a, um, an acceptance of you're good enough where you are as well. Mm. Those dreams aren't gonna give you validation. You can give yourself validation right now and have those dreams at the same time. I think that's really, really important for any artist. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of something Let else. Me just, I mean, I think we, we, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Sherry. What?
0: I just was listening to a podcast uh, doing my morning walk and I was listening to Dwayne Wade basketball player right yeah. and he was talking about self-doubt and it just triggered me when you were saying that about being okay where you are because self-doubt will trickle in you could have those good days of mm-hmm. self-doubt and I do think that artists have to treat it like an athlete because he was talking about he's like man I could be so on my game and I can be filled with it and then if I miss seven baskets guess what's happening to me I'm having self-doubt I'm on that court and I'm having self-doubt but here's the trick I get myself out of that self-doubt. You cannot stay in that self-doubt for a long period of time or it's going to deplete you. It's how you use it and fuel it. And he's like, I get out of it. I see a kid with my name on my shirt. And I'm out. I'm out of my self-doubt, you know? So I think, I don't know, it just triggered me because I battle
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Me. Because if you sit in that self-doubt, you deplete. But if you use that self-doubt, whoa, okay. But I'm going to get out of that self-doubt because you know that your specialty is who you are. So you got to lift up and out of it. I'm sorry I interfered on your
1: I love that. No, I love that because actually building on that, I think there's also a nuance of accepting that it's only human to have self-doubt and having self-compassion and not, you know, shaming yourself for having that doubt or falling into that. This is a part of it. And, and now acknowledging it and then, okay, if I choose to get out of it, I have a tool to get out of it too. And like, and, and, and I think that's just such a healthy thing too, because sometimes we do have to grieve, right? Sometimes we do have to just feel like the, the pits. And I know you're not saying the opposite of that, but it's a, um, it's a balance, isn't it? Yes. It's a balance. Wow. It reminds me, I did this show called Swagger that's out right now on Apple TV. I don't know if you've seen it um but it's a uh, basketball it's unbelievable it's an Wait. unbelievable show is it a reality it? Is it a scripted show it's scripted yeah oh, uh-huh I it's love a, it. I'm gonna go watch it basketball player basketball player named Kevin Durant it's pretty it's inspired by Kevin him and his childhood story and Reggie Rockbeithwood um is creator of the show and it's um imagine uh and oh. uh, uh it's a real I mean it's it's like it's like they compare it, what is it, Friday Night Lights and Parenthood? Oh, kinda, yeah, yeah, but yeah but t- but middle school basketball, elite basketball oh, players. Wonderful, wonderful. And um but it's it talks about this in sports. And I mean I'm an athlete or a former athlete anyway, and so it's, it's, you I'm are? like, I, that is oh, yeah, so I,
0: weird I, that I even brought up, up this whole subject okay. that see, it's all six,
1: it's all energy. It's all sync. It's all sync. you're right. 100% at all. Of course, of course we, mag magnetism and energy and all that yeah. stuff, which I love. No, I was a competitive swimmer mm-hmm. and, um, and my sister was a basketball player oh, and we have a family, God. a family of a lot of athletes, like a a lot of like my nephews are soccer players. Um, And, um, but I love the mindset of athletes. And I think it's the same thing. I think, you know, theater folks, soccer folks, you know, film and television folks, We you know, we have this, my sister and I were just discussing this because she teaches a lot of athletes. She's um, a professor now. After being a doctor sounds crazy, but oh. that's what happened. <laughs> and um, but uh, she's really into sports psychology and nutrition, and the physical body mind connection. And really, that's her her thing. And um, but we were talking because I was just at these playoff games. My nephew plays for Georgetown, mm-hmm. and. Um, it's so fun because she's like, Erica, your world and my world are so the same. I'm like, I know, like my kids at USC right now. Yes. And I'm like, they're in the cinema school at the, you know, at the buildings. And I'm like, they're at Georgetown in the athletic center. And I'm like, it's the same. It's cuckoo. It's the, it's same. the same. It is.
0: <laughs> it's the same, the same joy, the same determination, the same passion, the same perseverance. Living your life like an athlete is yeah is the only way it is in
1: everyone. And here's the thing that I think is interesting. I just saw a post and I actually disagree with this post. It was somewhere on Instagram or whatever. And it said, you know, artists are not athletes because artists don't win. And I was like, I don't think athletes win either. I disagree with the post because my nephews, we were just talking and it was about find the joy. Do you remember when you were four years old playing soccer in your front yard? Yes, there's all these recruiters from the pro teams here but play like you were four because you have all the training and now it's about the leap or letting go or so many people in acting call it different things. I don't know what you, I call it the leap, but it's like, it's like you rely on all of that, all of that stuff you've built into a mountain over the years. So you can fly, so you can jump and fly, you know, say what the win is. The win is, is that you do what you do. That's your
0: win. Well, exactly. That's exactly. Anyway.
1: So I think that's, that's probably my second, you know, kind of, A piece of advice is if you're not feeling like that pilot light Mm. is there and burning strongly it's okay you will always be an artist whatever that is whether you're an actor whether you're a producer whether you're a writer you will that doesn't go away Mm. so if the pilot light seems to have disappeared take a break If the pilot light is burning hard, but you're not getting a lot of stuff, maybe there's something you can finagle to find more joy in your everyday life as an artist. And, you know, maybe it's doing sensory exercises when you wake up, no one sees them, but you're like, huh, this makes me feel like an actor because I have been hunting for the smell of, you know, coffee or whatever, whatever. (laughs) Do some Strasbourgian stuff, you know, like just go have fun. yeah, and pay attention to your artistry because the way we look at things, like I've always wondered my whole life, do you see the color green the same way I see the color green? Mm-hmm. Like, and no one knows that, right? right? I don't know if there's any studies that can actually come out and say, Sherry, the way you see that green is like this and the way Erica yeah. sees green is like this. So like just embracing that alone makes you an artist, I think. I, and anyway, I'm digressing. I could talk to you forever. I just keep digressing. One
0: last thing before we close out one last thing to tell them training, maybe training, stay in the craft or stay in. For me, you can't oh. be a full person unless you're living life to the fullest. You're eating healthy. You're exercising daily. You've got to incorporate all of it. That's my
1: thing. What would you like Well, say? I couldn't agree more because I think we're the same person. I think I really like mindset, <laughs> I couldn't agree. Yeah. Ditto. ditto. I mean, I, the mindset of a healthy living human being is fed by so many different things. And therefore, if you are in the business of telling stories of other living human beings, or you are in the business of being other living human beings or representing them, you have to be whole yourself. You just have to be, and you have to know that your flaws make you beautiful and that your your struggles and that grappling that you may do is, is, is worth, it's worth it. Being an artist is worth it. That's, that's it, that's, all, that's, that's what it. I'll say. I think I it's totally 100 that. million percent worth it. 100
0: percent. And as I say in my book, The Positive Path for Actors, your pain pit is your power pit. Erica, yeah. I adore you. Thank you so much. I'm <laughs> stopping you. now because I gotta go teach a whole class. Thank go. you to everybody who's tuned in and who's going to watch this. <laughs> Happy, Happy
1: Thanksgiving.
0: People. Happy Thanksgiving <laughs> to you too. And how do people contact you? If they hear this, they want to reach out and maybe to go them.
1: to arvoldwarnerstudio.com.
0: Okay. And we'll write it in the writing of the thing. You're amazing. Perfect. Have a wonderful holiday. Everybody out there, stay courteously aggressive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.